I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, joined as always by Josh Hart. Um, I feel like we missed one or two weeks there because uh, mostly because I've been lazy. But uh, Josh, we were, in the pro- we were in the protocol, not COVID, but just yeah. I was gonna say let's relax. <laughs> definitely was not in the protocol. Let me get that clear. Um, yeah, you, you doing good? How you been? I've been all right. I mean, it's coming on a year. Mm-hmm. This it would have been Monday, March, whatever, with our last show, like in the studio. Now we've been inside for a year. That's pretty horrifying. But all things considered, doing okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody's healthy, happy. Have my my exercise bike feeling like a hamster on its wheel. Oh, pretty good. Are you on that Peloton lifestyle? What's going on? No, I don't have Peloton money, but I have a sh- I have a Schwinn I have Schwinn money. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a broke boy. It's okay. <laughs> broke? I mean, no, well, no, no, no. That's medium class. But I, middle class. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a middle class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, respectable. No, no, I, I'm on I'm on the uh, there's a I don't know 12 year old bike that I still bike around occasionally on when the temperature cracks have you been doing your late night bike rides i remember first like oh man that was in march yeah no that was the move and that was when everyone was like really like still super scared of the virus and people i think i mean people are either now choosing to be responsible about it or not but uh, i don't think there's universal fear in the same way there was but uh at the start of it it was like everyone was terrified no one ever went outside and that was the best time was to like literally at like midnight on for the month of April, I would just bike around all of downtown, yeah. and it was really nice because there was like maybe I mean I would honestly go outside bike and see three people total over the course of like two hours. I remember you'd send me a picture of my like the building I live in from outside in the middle of the night, and I would say, "All right, well it's two in the morning. I guess you went outside." But yeah, I remember early quarantine. It wasn't so much that people were like more afraid. They just had no idea what to do. Like, yeah. I think 
like I remember my mom thought that like like it would be like people were wiping down their uh, Amazon boxes. Oh yeah, yeah. like stuff like that is like that's not so. It's not really the doesn't really affect um, whether or not you'll contract the virus. But yeah, I remember you would uh, hit hit touch road middle of the night. Yeah, and now and you 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 beat Drake to um, Young Dundas Square in the middle of the night. Uh, well, you know, like his video from the other day. Uh, that was you in April. That's basically me in April. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I gotta say honestly, riding around late night in Toronto on a bike, listening to Drake is not the same experience as riding around driving late at night listening to Drake. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just it doesn't hit the same. It does not hit the same. Um, now Drake does not make bike music. He absolutely does not make biking music, which is sad. Really, I mean, who really does make biking music though? Tyler mm, the Creator. That's a good one. That's my best answer. That's my my first and best answer. Yeah, my go-to was FKJ during a. <laughs> yeah, I just needed vibes. I, I I just needed vibes, so I keep pedaling. I don't actually need anything else. That or like listening to a podcast, which at that time was there's not a lot going on podcasting wise. But listen, we have a lot going on podcasting wise on this show. Obviously, it's still the All Star break. Uh, we just witnessed. What, what would you say? Um, out of 10 in terms of your satisfaction watching uh, All-Star Weekend 2021 in Atlanta with her wearing Indianapolis steam jerseys. What was your satisfaction? <laughs> um, it was not that good. Not that much fun. Mm. I actually think I was really looking forward to seeing Joel Embiid dominate all of these other guys. I think it'd be like a nice way to build his MVP case. To yep. show that Joel Embiid is uniquely positioned to dominate the NBA, and having him pulled out kind of last minute, kind of reminding everyone that we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and the idea of collecting the le- league's most valuable and entertaining stars is like kind of a stupid idea because, you know, if something like what happened happened, things could get really bad. But um, I don't know. It was cool to see Steph and Dame. Like I think that was legitimately entertaining. The dunk contest was trash. Oh my goodness, um, that was it was bad. really, really bad. It just had I think okay, look, the dunk contest, half the dunk contest is the crowd. Like I need yeah. to see Damari Carroll in a mink <laughs> going crazy <laughs> over Aaron Gordon dunking over a mascot. If it is just a guy jumping and then not kissing the basket social distance with no reactions <laughs> whatsoever, it's not cool for me. Like I I, I need I need more. I, need like, I remember look when after after every Anthony Simons uh, attempt, they cut to Dame and he had to pretend to be hype. It was like this yeah. is the T Mac well, jersey didn't fix it. Everything about it was just so like weak. Well, to be fair, I think Anthony Simons had to do the same thing when Dame played his music in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only fair. Um, no, I'm kidding. Dame was Dame was honestly Dame was one of the brightest parts of All Star Weekend. I don't, why did he do the three point shootout? I don't know. Just do it. You're going to warm up shooting threes anyway. Just just shoot yeah. the threes in the warm up, right? But um, Steph, I thought Steph was a star. I, I honestly thought Steph was a little. He tough. won. Yeah, he won the weekend. I think he he should have got All Star MVP. I understand Giannis had like 25 dunks. Like, it's cool, but like Steph had the most moments. I remember. Like, yeah. do you remember one Giannis moment? <laughs> right. No. Like, you, the only, but you know the stuff moments. The only Giannis moment I remembered was when Steph tried the um, half court pass to LeBron, and LeBron fumbled, and like Giannis wouldn't have. 
Mm. And that was the only time I thought of Giannis the whole whole uh, whole game. Yeah. Shout out LeBron, man. LeBron. <laughs> LeBron, speaking of Damari, he put up a, a prime 2016 Damari Carroll performance <laughs> in the All-Star game. I mean, he clearly wasn't trying. He didn't really care. But, damn, I mean, that's – I mean, obviously LeBron said coming in here that he was like, my body will be there, but my mind won't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was – but, you know, the other guys made up for it. It, it sucks I mean, that for even for charity they didn't play that hard. <laughs> like we're talking about million dollars, millions of dollars for charity, and there was yeah, it's true. Yeah, whatever. Still mailing it in. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess what the like intensity for the All Star game. I guess it was mostly attributed to Kobe Bryant and the like renaming the award. It seemed like last year guys were really really jacked up to. Yeah. perform well like lebron was, that's the terrible lebron james um like uh tw- 24 foot three-point shot to oh. hit the numbers like lebron come on this is not you what are you doing and it was because he wanted to you know win off the also mvp he wanted it so but, bad yeah well, did you like it did you have a good time watching yesterday night or no, were you I, watching I, harry and megan and oprah i was not i was doing dishes with like the <laughs> laptop in the cupboard <laughs> <laughs> kind of like listening to the game. I don't know. I mean, there were some moments that were really fun. I thought like Steph and Dame going back to back from half court was nuts. Yeah. Right? Some of the shots yeah. Steph was making was crazy. Obviously, Steph had a really good three-point shootout. The dunk contest, we knew it was going to be like pretty bad to the point where people were like, well, come on, Cassius Stanley did this in high school. And I'm like, bro, I don't I don't care. I, I know this <laughs> ass. And it was ass. Like it really was. It was yeah. uh, just not a good dunk contest. The best part of it was seeing Josh Smith again. Um, yeah, it was nice. Like I haven't seen him since he got uh, extended, like all those years ago. Yeah, the stretch provision that was horrible. I was gonna say, yeah, he was wearing a chain that looked like it was very clear that the Detroit Pistons were still paying him to this day, <laughs> uh, five mil a year. Um, which though, I guess they'll be doing a Blake Griffin now. <laughs> <laughs> the Pistons just love paying for play- old power forwards who don't play for them, man. They just yeah, man, like the one thing they won't love to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It was not the greatest. So, like, it was a difficult circumstance, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's probably re- reasonably what we could have expected. So it is what it is, you know. I think honestly, no Kyle Lowry taking charges might have cut down the intensity of the game. Didn't see any defensive plays. Honestly, the guy who played the hardest defensively was probably Kyrie. I thought Kyrie really wanted, yeah. it, but like nobody on his team was trying to do anything. So no, yeah. Plus, KD did not draft a good team. Like. Come on, bro. What was that thing? Well, I do think like Embiid would have made a huge difference, but yeah, you know, it was it, it was. It's not one to remember, but I feel like most All Star, like most All Star games, you don't remember. And we had a very very memorable one last year. It'd be hard to it'd be hard to like get there again. But do you like the Elam ending? Do you think it sticks around forever, ever? Um. I do like it. I do think they can keep it around. And this this season, I actually feel like it it showed another facet of why it's good. Because if the game is trash, then the game is over quick. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know true. what I mean? So, like, I, yeah. I like the fact that they were just like, Let's, screw it. We can just leave it. And, of course, like, Dame hitting a game-winning shot. I mean, well, I guess the, the, yeah, the game-winning shot from half court again, which was it's pretty cool. But yeah. at, at the same time, I was kind of just like, I'm ready for this this, this game to end. And I think the players were too. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're here to take questions on the Toronto Raptors, as always. You can hit us up uh, on Twitter. Uh, first question. Unfortunately, we have to talk about 
more Kyle Lowry trades. So this one from uh, at Digital Poet. Are these Lowry trade rumors from Ryan Rossillo and Keith Pompey to be believed? Was his agent just covering for Kyle when he came out and quashed them to ensure fans uh, that he to not think that he's forcing his way out? So, um, yeah. So if you haven't heard already, uh, Ryan Rossillo was on the Bill Simmons podcast and uh, said that Kyle has been telling people, telling everyone for months that uh, he, he's he's getting traded. Uh, Keith Pompey of the uh, Sixers uh, beat um, also uh, put out a report, not necessarily that Kyle wants to be out, but if Kyle goes, his preferred destination would be Philly. Um, but basically, yeah, there's no no shortage of Kyle uh, leaving the Raptors talk. Josh, are you buying it? Where are you at with this? Yeah, I, you know, I've invested $5.28 million in I don't know who cares like it's just it's wild conjecture it makes sense for him to leave for both the player and the organization but if Kyle Lowry doesn't want to leave he's not leaving if he does he it will happen it's just you know there's real stuff to worry about the team has turned the corner on being like legitimately interesting and entertaining to walk watch nightly um, that is probably true with or without Kyle is demonstrated by the performance in games without him. So if the idea that like the team's most successful player, the franchise has ever seen is getting ready to leave, it'll happen. There's not any joy and or anything interesting about like thinking about it every day. I don't know. Like just last week, he uh, tied a franchise record for assists in the game. Like he's still giving the team memorable signature performances it's just yeah there's there's definitely a good reason for him to leave but that was true from like the moment fred van vliet dribbled the air out of the ball at the end of game seven against oh. the celtics oh <laughs> but um, i go over that again that was a botch play the play was to norm <laughs> the hammer play in the corner for three didn't develop because the sixers or the, the celtics snuffed it out and fred had to create to be honest nick should have just called timeout Yes. Anywho, I say all this to say it makes sense for Kyle Lowry to leave. It may still happen. It may not happen. Nobody knows. The Raptors organization is, has, not, has leaked nothing. Like Keith Pompey works for the Inquirer and Ryan Russell works for Boston Police Department. I don't care. Like it's just <laughs> there's, this isn't coming from the Raptors. So worrying about uh, worrying about whether it's true isn't interesting to me. Yeah. Do you have no, a different take? No, I actually agree with you. I mean, I think it's interesting to talk about because obviously it would be a huge trade for um, the Raptors' perspective. And, of course, you would have to think about sort of, you know, uh, balancing what you get back. And, of course, Kyle obviously is like a franchise icon, the franchise icon, really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think wondering whether it's going to happen all the time is is not good. I mean, it's just going to hurt your mental, I feel like. You know, like it just uh, – yeah, like it'll weigh on your heart. Like earlier today, I was just walking around the house and I just thought like, you know, if Kyle Lowry gets traded, I should really start thinking about what to write for like basically an obit type piece, right? Like how do you yeah, celebrate yeah. Kyle Lowry? How do you remember Kyle Lowry? And then I had to like physically stop because I was like, yo, this is hurting me. Like it's, I don't want to think about these things. I don't want to be like, here's a list of things that I want to put into an article. And, you know, this is how I would do it. Like, I don't even want to think about it like that necessarily. Um but I, I do think it is interesting that um, that this gets talked about, um, you know, beyond the unpleasantness, because I think it is a real possibility. Um, 
I don't know necessarily if Kyle has gone to management and said, I want out, but I do think that I think management and Raptors and Kyle should both know essentially what he wants in free agency next year. He's a really competitive guy. Uh, all he ever talks about is winning championships. And if you've heard any of his interviews the last like three years, he's talked about it, that gold ball, as he always talks about it. Um, you know, can the Raptors give him that gold ball? Right. Because I think the one way you keep them is sort of you, you give Kyle Lowry a huge contract, uh, which I'm not sure the Raptors want to be doing um, this offseason after already signing Fred with Norman to take care of as well. And of course, with Kyle being 34, and I'm not even sure if Kyle necessarily sees this as a championship opportunity. And I think he wants to add to that resume um, because he's, you know, like a ch- he's a championship player. He's already shown it once. I think if he wins it again with a different club, if he can be the difference making piece for another club, I think that adds to his legacy. And honestly, just look at Kyle. See how competitive he is, man. This guy was playing with like, you know, Aaron Baines and Paul Watson Jr. and Matt Thomas, and he was recording 19 assists and almost beating the Celtics, right? Like this guy wants to win. He wants to compete. That's all we know about Kyle. So it wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to leave. And I think that's where, you know, regardless of what happens, if he gets moved, if he stays, um, you kind of have to prepare yourself for both situations and just like kind of be okay with it either way. Do you know what I mean? Cause like yeah. it, it's not a win-win either way. Cause I think it's a win if Kyle Lowry stays, but I think um, it can be a win-win both ways, depending on what you get back. And that's where it's interesting because who, okay. If it's not Kyle, who do you think is the, the best player on the market right now that, that could be moved before the trade deadline? <laughs> um, well, that's an interesting question. It's like league wide. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who comes to mind. Like, that's actually gettable, or yeah, like like the guys. Like, we've heard I so think far, like Ellington makes a team really, uh, and Ellen like Ellington can put a team over the top. Oladipo, same kind of level. Like, if you have a team that's looking to add a guy to the rotation of an already strong team, I don't know. Like, like does Kyle Lowry make the? Um, Denver Nuggets a title contender or like a, a a more robust one because they've looked spotty and not as not the way that you hope they would after the success they had last postseason yeah like Kyler is definitely the big fish or the trade deadline for a team that's looking to contend mm-hmm. um but what there are three teams that make sense for him in uh Philly the Clippers and the Heat that really, really makes, and I think only Philly and the Heat have the assets. The Clippers, no, the Clippers, the Clippers are were to get him. It would be the Clippers. Are they'd be they'd be fleecing the Raptors. There's no, they don't have anything. Um, yeah. I would look at the like those young players on the Miami Heat, Kendrick Nunn excluded. Um, but I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't know who I think is the the big trade deadline target. No, Kyle is the big trade trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, like there is no other player. Like it could be like Victor Oladipo has not shown that he is that level this season. Um, He has not shown that he is healthy. You can. He's not shown that he can be a guy you consistently rely on, right? I mean, look at the Rockets. Like they've lost like what twenty straight games or something like that. Um, And then you look at Andre Drummond. It's like okay, he's clearly on the market. He's not playing anymore. And I mean, he's not going to be a difference maker uh, the way Kyle is. Uh, and, and you know, Kyle is that number one guy. So the Raptors are holding on to the biggest trade target 
in, in ahead of the trade deadline if he is even on the market. And for in that case, good teams, I do think yeah, that exactly. like, guys like like Kevin Love, I think people should be calling about him if you think there's anything left. Yeah, but, I mean, he's got so much money on his contract. Kyle's perfect. Like you, you can. You yeah, yeah. Now, Kyle Lowry's expired. And then you could probably re-sign him if it's a winning situation. So it's not a one-year thing, but it's also not a huge contract like Kevin Love. Kevin's like he's he's owed the max for like two more years. Like it's yeah, yeah but I'm saying if you oh, Al Horford, it's like the same deal. Yeah, those guys. If I was um like, I don't know who I think would could really use Kevin Love, but like, I don't know. San Antonio looking to like get rid of LaMarcus Eldridge, his expiring take on a guy that they could think they could build around going forward. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. Like I, I don't like, I joke with you that he's the new Troy Tulowitzki who's going to give you as many games um, as millions you pay him. But I, I don't know. It seems to me that, yeah, Kyler is the only guy who can really turn a, there's a fit that says a team that is, in the top half of their bracket in the playoffs can be reasonably put into the finals by adding him. Yeah. In Philadelphia, in Miami, assuming that they don't have any more uh, um, health scares and miss significant time. Yeah. Kyle Lowry makes those guys, they return to the finals. Yeah. And, but, you know, if you look at like who's the biggest free agent out there, it might still be Kyle. In the summer. So, like, yeah. when you trade for yeah. him, you also have a, a the inside edge to re-signing him as well. So, what I'm trying to say is should be a ton of value for Kyle. So, um, I think Masai has been in a situation before. He's had to trade star players. We saw, obviously, that was his first uh, major move as a GM in Denver was trading Carmelo. Uh, and he extracted maximum value in, in Melo going to the Knicks and the Knicks giving pieces yeah. back. Um and I kind of expect that same situation here. Not necessarily that, of course, like when you're trading Melo in his prime versus Kyle Lowry at 34, I'm expecting different trade packages. But I'm trying to say that, like, the Raptors could get a lot for Kyle. So, um, you know, whether it's sort of like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we can give up Matisse Thibel and, you know, maybe we got to give a future first round pick or like, I don't know, like this. I'm like, no, 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 no. He, he is a number one target. He's very valuable. If you yeah. want him, we need a huge return for him. And I don't think the Raptors would be out of bounds to sort of demand that. And again, if they got a, a great return, which is like some young pieces, uh, some future picks, some expiring salary. Um, and, you know, if, of course, if Kyle wanted to go and that's the biggest piece, then you kind of have to be okay with that either way. Right. That's one of the, that's a one very realistic outcome of what happens by yeah. the end of the month. So. Yeah. Month. It's what two weeks from today. No. Two weeks from Thursday. Yeah. Yikes. I know. They got to work quick. They got to work quick. Um, Wolf. I know. It's, it's unpleasant, though. I really don't like talking about this, man. He's a, he's a franchise icon. Uh, but, I mean, if he feels like it's time to move on and the Raptors feel like they can get something that's worth moving on from him for, for, then, you know, you also have to sort of do it. I mean, that's why some of these guys get paid tons. Like, that's why Bobby Wester and Masai probably get paid, like, you know, at least – combine over 10 mil a year like you got to make these kind of decisions um another question related to this is from young simba seven do you really think kyle requested a trade because that's what rosillo was saying um requested i maybe i think 
I don't know. I think the the conversation would look more like, are you open to one? What's your list? Mm-hmm. And I think that that conversation happened, I don't know, after they like just eked out a win over the New York Knicks on New Year's Eve. Kyle Lowry looked at my side and said, yeah, make you know, go ahead. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's like a, you know, after the second time your roof leaks in your apartment, your partner looks at you and you know that means to like go on a, you know, uh, Craigslist and start finding uh, apartments, apartment listings. Yeah. No, I mean, some, you, I, I'm sure they've had a conversation. I don't know if Kyle Lowry has demanded out. Like, it's not like a James Harden, I'm leaving and I'm going to the strip club. Uh, let me know when I'm traded <laughs> to, the, to the two teams. Here's my list of two teams. Um, I don't think it's that serious, but I, I think it's sort of, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I obviously don't have any specific insight or into, into the situation outside from reading what has already happened from the outside. Um, but most likely some, some kind of conversation like that has already taken place. Uh, I, another question from the DMs. Um, they said, considering the East leaders uh, are packed for championship aspirations, should the Raptors focus on trying to complement core uh, the young core with younger effective centers uh, instead of trying to contend this year, i.e. Uh, build towards uh, a championship long-term, um, especially, you know, if Kyle ends up moving on. Yeah. You don't want to end the season with fewer assets than you started it with. Like this team, like, isn't getting back, get isn't getting past any of the top three, who knows about the Celtics, um, of the Eastern Conference. So, but it's like... I feel like we're losing to the Celtics too, let's be real. Yes, that's what I'm... I agree. So why, like, yeah, definitely find more assets. Get a clear idea of your core moving forward. Um, before the season started, we talked about the, like, discourse around Nor- Norm Powell and me advocating that viewing him as, like, a piece to be around for as long as we... As long as this course together um, and maybe moving him in the case that you can actually build a better contender. Anywho, you have Pascal, you have Fred, you have OG, you have Boucher, you'll probably have Norm. The job now is to find pieces that support that core and um, position yourself to go and get that top 10 guy when the time is right, or have the assets around them to make an interesting team to watch through, you know, January's and February's at Scotiabank Arena for years to come. Mm. Yeah, but there's there's no point in cashing in assets um, to loot. Like Blake, like Blake Griffin just joined the Nets last week. Like, I don't know how they're going to play him and Jeff Green together, but who, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> they have both. Those, those are nice good problems. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a nice good. Like those are very first world problems. Yeah. And there are teams at the top of the. Uh, the division, which is problematic, but especially the conference that have nicer options than the Raptors do. Anywho, uh, um, do you feel the same way that cashing in any asset is a dumb idea? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they should be trying to trade future first round picks or anything like that. Um, if you can sort of do a smaller level trade and move some second round picks, I'm kind of okay with that. But you're not going to get too much with that. Um, let's be real. So um, I'm cool if they tried to make a small level, like um, win now move. What, like Baines in a second for a 
a upgraded center. But just like a different center, yeah. <laughs> like like Baines is second for like Robin Lopez or some garbage like that. But like I, I don't even know, man. Some it's it's tough. I think they they need some bench scoring. Absolutely, like no one off the yeah. bench can give you a bucket. Really, um, I feel like you're probably going to have to use a first round pick to get that done. And so I'm not totally happy with that. And yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, one of the issues here, and it's a good problem, is that Norm was going to be that piece you would use to to sort of find uh, balance on the roster. But I think uh, obviously Norm has come on so strong. Um, that you can't actually move Norm and benefit your yeah. team. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the Raptors Norm hit the front office with an ah, ah, ah. I love it. It's so, it was so enjoyable. I mean, basically, <laughs> and this is the next question from Ken Chu, who asks, uh, have, we, have we seen enough from Norm to put him into the group with Pascal, Fred, and OG as our core moving forward? Josh? Yes. I, I did in 2019 when he killed the Bucks. <laughs> Like I just I like I really like Norm. I I che- I've cheered for him this whole time. Mm-hmm. Last season was great. Yeah, he did a lo- made a lot of Shaq in a fool esque plays at the beginning of the season, well documented by uh, yourself and many other people on the timeline. But he turned it around. He's, he's still not a good playmaker, and that's okay. He's um, a good enough defender to play in your team concept and not sort of shit the bed as often as he did in, in past seasons. Yeah, I I think of Norm as a piece of the core. I don't think that – unless you really believe that you can replace his production through, the de- like, the development organization really quickly, and Terrence Davis has made, taken a big step back. Um, Flynn looks, looked cool earlier today, but isn't there yet, obviously. <laughs> I, to me, Norm Powell gets signed for three years, I don't know, under 50. And that's it for the next little while. That's probably his last contract with the team. But yeah, I think he's a member of the core for the next four, three seasons. That's where I'm at with it. I don't think he's I don't know, going to be a Raptor for the next eight years, but I think he's going to be a Raptor for the next three. That's good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much you're attached to a core, right? Like core is sort of like, you don't move these guys. Like core is like, okay, you have uh, Russ and Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka and, you know, James Harden. Uh, And the the tall white guy, what's his name? I can't, I feel... Steve Adams. Adams. Oh, Nick Collison? Nick Collison. Come on, man. Respect (laughs) him. He was a part of the core. I know. I love that. (laughs) But he was a member Uh, of that core. You really got to. Norm Powell is at least better than Nick Collison. Yeah, that's honestly the first employee of the month. Um, the NBA <laughs> has retired, man. He's a prime employee of the month material. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with you in terms of the core, in terms of like the core you would want to have here next year and maybe the year afterwards. Yes, I think you want Norm in that group. Um, is the core completely unmovable? No. Like everyone on the core is. Uh, yeah, available for the right price. It's not like you can't ever trade Norm, but I think I would want him here um, next year and the year after, at least. So, um, in that sense, yes, he is part of the core. Um, yeah. Are you surprised that um, the idea of Terrence Davis production only not being re- there to uh, replace Norm? I'm kind of surprised. I thought that after last season, Yep. It would be a real argument, and there's 
there's no argument this this season. A, a lot has happened for him since last season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the, the decision making on the basketball court, you just can't trust him to to make the right decision consistently enough to be a starter. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's not even close between who is um, who is more productive, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Towards winning between Norman Davis, even, even the last year it seemed closer. Uh, but even it though last, like last, last year, year it was also not that close because Norman. But was it seemed like game. last year by the end of this year, you'd say, okay, it'll be a hit, but it'll be close enough yeah. to say, but there's no, like, you know. No, it's fallen. Terrence Davis put $10 million in Norm Powell's pocket, like with his actions on and off the basketball court. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean good for I'm, Norm, glad that Norm, I'm glad Norm benefited. Yeah. Uh, another question from the DMs. Question for your next mailbag. Between Kyle and Norm, you can only re-sign one. Who do you choose? Uh, Kyle Lowry, but that's... Uh, that's, a, that's an unfair question. I don't like it. Okay, but. how about this? Kyle Lowry at $30 million a year or Norm at 15 And we, like, so, so the salary cap exists in this in this example. Oh, you have bird rights. So you, <laughs> okay. can, you can do either one. You can do both, honestly. The Raptors just pay the luxury tax, which are the opposite. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I still think Kyle Lowry. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, fair enough. I, I mean, it's, want, it's not the wrong I answer. Absolutely. I, I don't mean, really want Kyle Lowry on this team next year if it is not uh, good enough to go the distance. Like, I'm not, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not going to get that much pleasure out of seeing Kyle Lowry. They're, they're too big. Like, he's not, like, Kyle Lowry isn't going to take Flynn under his wing next year. He's, he's like, you know, that's Fred's job. So yeah. Kyle Lowry can, if the Raptors are good and Kyle Lowry can like lead this team to the Eastern Conference Finals, hell yeah! But if he, they're going to be second round exit, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see. I don't need to see Kyle go through that anymore. Uh, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, selfishly, I'd rather selfishly, I would always take Kyle Lowry on my team. Absolutely, always. Yeah, I'm gonna miss watching him play basketball, but yeah. or on the team that I cheer for. He'll be playing basketball for a few more years yet, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Um, Speaking of um, everyone getting older, did you see Chris Paul's son yesterday? Yes, that was it's freaking out, man. Yeah, no, it's oh, <laughs> every, everyone, everyone. I feel super old during this pandemic. I'm, I'm very keenly aware that like an entire year of my twenties was just spent in this room, and. You know, saying hello and welcome every few hours. Well, I, that that I don't mind, but uh, I just it's the uh, it's it's just sitting in this exact spot. I mean, um, yeah. but then then uh, I don't know, man. I was watching the G League game uh, where the Raptors nine hundred five beat the, uh, the G League Ignite team to uh, advance to the semifinals. They've now won nine straight. Uh, honestly, nine hundred five really good really good basketball. Go watch it. it they they score like one hundred and twenty every game guaranteed. They, then everyone is able to go off for twenty. It's actually been really fun to watch. Uh, good job by the uh, the GM down there to ac- accumulate so much talent, and also Pat Matumbo and his staff, including Brittany Donaldson and others, have done a really good job of just like getting the team on the same page and preparing well. Like they have chemistry, which is super rare. Anyway, I was watching that game, and they have Jared Jack running pick and rolls with Amir Johnson, like this is literally the 2010 Toronto Raptors, and that actually made me feel kind of young, to be honest. 
Good. Yeah, they're still out there. That's oh, they were running pick and rolls that pick and roll combination eleven years ago, <laughs> and now they're running it against the Raptors nine hundred five. It, it freaked me out, man. Wow, that is yeah, man. Time. Remember when we signed uh, Jer- Jack? Is uh, he was Chris Bosh's roommate in college <laughs> at Georgia Tech, and they're like, "Well, maybe this will convince him to stay." Like, right. so. A thing that is happening in the NBA now, there are guys who are in the league who all like look up their birthdays and know the date and then be familiar with games played on the day they were born. So like um, Maxi on the Sixers, he was born on November 4th, 2000. I remember the game um, the Raptors played on November 4th, 2000. They played against the Sixers or the Wizards. Vince Carter scored like 35. Williams had 22 off the bench. Like it was it was a good game. I was like uh, eight and a half years old. I remember mm-hmm. that happening, and just thinking that's where Tyrese Maxey's dad was watching in the waiting room while his son was like while his uh, partner in, was in labor and his son was about to be born. It's just messed up. There are going to yeah. be kids in a few years who are like born after the decision. That's insane to me. You know, honestly, um, it's starting to catch up to me again. Like, again, I, just to. <laughs> talk about being old again so lamella ball his birthday is august 22nd 2001 my little brother who's 10 years younger than me is born the same day a year later and it's freaking me out i'm like yo is <laughs> that's that my crazy. that's my that could be my little like jalen green is 2002 baby like my like my, like my brother and it's like you know, these guys are <laughs> just these guys are just here and they're playing nba basketball and yeah i mean i'm you know again i'm only 28 but like or both of us are only 28 but damn it's uh I don't like it, man. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. No, I feel like we should get this year back. We should get like a discount or something. Uh, no, I'm still, I'm still 27. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, 28 you're, now, so. oh, okay. Well, my bad. <laughs> God, 20, 27 too, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well. My 27 year was a Mickey Mouse year, so who cares? it doesn't count. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, next question from Ronald Lowe, um, who again sounds, still sounds so much like my dad. Uh, what kind of playoff performance and result would you consider a success for the Raptors now? This is both how many rounds and games uh, they win as well as how they play. Um, if the Raptors get the second round, I'd be thrilled. I have a better question. Over yeah. under on games the Raptors play in the playoffs that would be satisfactory. I think the <sighs> over under is at like six and a half. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. I think high. if they win one long series... I'd be happy if they, if they, yeah. Okay. And in games one, if they win three playoff games, I'm satisfied. They can lose in the first round to most teams and I'd be happy. Mm, yeah, I guess so. I mean, okay, look. So of course, any, any kind of sweep or like five game situation, I'd be, we'd be unhappy. Um, yeah. Who can they beat in the, in, in the playoffs and in a head to head? In, in a one-on-one series. Like, if they face the Knicks, which is hilarious, I think they could beat the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they face the Pacers, I they think they could beat the Pacers. Pacers. If they play the Heat, can they beat the Heat? That would be a long series. It really will be. That could be a lot. That would be a great – that's one of – that would be a really good series. I'm giving them a 40% chance to win the series. I think the Heat would be favorites, regardless yeah. of how the seeding goes. But the Raptors have a chance in that series. Uh, Raptors, Celtics, I don't know. 
<laughs> I just I don't I just don't know, man. Well, especially with the way the Raptors play the Celtics, like they play them like they know this team has their number. Yeah. Um it's gross. It's, yeah, it's not here's the thing. The Celtics I'm I'm not gonna criticize Nick Nurse's game plans uh, unless they are absolutely wrong. In the case of the Celtics, I do feel like the way the Raptors guard does not help the Raptors specifically in how they play the Celtics because the Celtics are like the worst passing team in the league. They play a lot of ISO with their wings. And what they have is a lot of, prim, uh, uh, you know, tertiary guys who aren't great scorers. But all the Raptors do is aggressively send double teams at their scorers, which is fine. But that allows everyone else to get going. It forces them to pass and it forces them to erase their weakness. And of course, I'm not saying that if you guard them one on one, that's going to lead to better results. They might still lose because Tatum and, 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 and Brown are that good. But at least, you know, I honestly, I'd rather see Tatum go off for 40 than Samuel Ojale go off for 10. It hurts. It hurts a lot when, when Samuel Ojale is able to play well. Peyton Pritchard, that was like really a, a, a bad time. Again, like against everyone else, he's he's averaging like eight points a game. But against the Raptors, so money. <laughs> the like I don't th- like the the Bucks sort of mini series earlier this year. I don't think it has any bear like any bearing on a on a series. Um, the Sixers would be. A, I don't want to see the Raptors play the Sixers. I don't think in I the know- course of a playoff series you could beat them. I think in uh, the. Sixers have always been a team because they're weird is that you could scheme them well on like the course of a regular season, especially if you have a good coach like Nick Nurse, you can scheme them well and take wins off of them. Yeah. Uh, but over the course of the series, they have much more talent than the Raptors do. And yeah, that's, it's going to be a tough series. If Joel Embiid is able to get Pascal to try to defend him, it's going to be a bad scene. We don't have a single guy to guard him. Aaron Baines, honestly, uh, probably our best bet. But every time we play Baines, our offense is dead. Yeah. So, so uh, let's let, hopefully the Raptors are in the um, four or five matchup. I don't. I, honestly, I have no idea because seeding is going to be so different by the time the uh, actual playoffs roll around. But yeah, seriously, if the Raptors, I mean, if the Raptors get to the second round, I think we shall be thrilled. Um, next question from David: How do the Raptors get to the next level? Um, is there enough in the core to continue building and try for a more suitable big this offseason? Um, he says, uh, feels like we are just in limbo. Um, I think it's reasonable to feel like we're in limbo a little bit, but I think it's more like a transition period. Um, so you might not necessarily notice the movement, but it's sort of like movement re- like and improvement the Raptors are having relative to the rest of the league. They're clearly shifting to a younger core. Um, yeah. And whether we believe it in it or not, I don't think it's a level where you have to blow up this core. This core is not too expensive and this core is not too old. Um, yeah. So I think you kind of keep rolling with it. I mean, I think really the question of how good is this core to invest in them or not, A, the investment has already been made. You've signed Fred, you've signed OG, you've signed uh, Pascal, you're probably going to sign Norm. And you've obviously kept Bobby Webster, you've kept Nick Nurse in, in the leadership structure. The team is... You kick me? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if Alex is at that level where we need uh, Woj or Shams to uh, tweet about them. But uh, the core is already there. It's really just up to the core to show the team how good they are. But their opportunity is already there. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to move any of those guys anytime soon. Recently. You know, I don't think they feel a need to blow it up. 
and they're going to. You shouldn't blow this team up. Like it's there's no upside risk. It's just for like for for what like Blake Griffin. (laughs) He's just walked over. They're not going to play him, but he wants to be there. Like it's. I know he should have gone to the. the, He would have been great. Clearly, you know that he would have given him some uh, some some medical treatment that would have had him dunking over uh, Kia's once more. So it's what what stands to be recognized is the fact that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are such cool guys because everybody's just playing with them just for vibes. Like they're they're, they're like, bro. Like the head coach not, is Steve Nash, man. Yeah, like they're not. They're vibes. No team. one is touching the basketball. Like I just I don't know. I don't get it. It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be miserable to watch other teams play against them in the playoffs. Like the Eastern Conference playoffs, any team against the Nets is going to be bad because you have three guys who can break you down or make make the right play. So there's no double teaming, and you just have to be you have to guard one on one, James Harden, on national TV, international TV. There're going to be two million people watching you get your pants pulled down, <laughs> like every other day. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, I just it's it sucks. No, the, the Brooklyn Nets are. Uh... Yeah, we should rename the Vibes Cartel like that. That's <laughs> um, Just... yeah. I mean, the core is here. I mean, I don't know. You, it's up to the core to play better and show what they can be. I mean, I think all those guys have shown continuous development, and they're locked in. So I, it's, it's kind of like a I don't know. It's 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 unanswerable for now because I don't think they're going to make any changes significantly, and yeah. I don't think they're going to blow it up. Uh, so yeah, it's it's up to those guys to show what they have. James Monroe asks, uh, "What's the new hierarchy of who gets coaches' challenges with the current roster?" Serge moved up the ladder with Nick Nurse before he left, so it's not fixed. Who is the top three in getting challenges from Nick? So as we all know, number one in terms of who Nick Nurse is using the ch- coaches' challenge, it should be renamed Kyle's challenge because it's just going to Kyle. It almost doesn't matter who is two and three. But I love seeing Pascal. <laughs> and he's like, Pascal, no, nobody cares. It's not happening. He'll uh, put his hand up, replay that, let's challenge it, and just... Nothing. Uh, but they'll cut the commercial break. Leo will say, we'll see if there's a challenge. We'll come back. And if team uh, uh, let the let the call go, and <laughs> the play begins. It's just, it's yeah. a Kyle Lowry. It's Kyle Lowry's. But if there was two and three, um, I'd say two might be Fred, I, like at this point. He loves yep. Fred. I mean, if Coach plays feel- 40 minutes, he loves you. Yeah, that's a good point. And then three, I feel like the only other guy I've seen a coach's challenge used for is like Baines. Because he'll he'll take a charge. No. He'll take a char- but he's taken a charge and they've challenged it and it uh, was overturned. Nah man, how's that gonna go over in the locker room? I think you're gonna walk, you're gonna look them dead in the eye. I think it's Kyle Lowry saying challenge this play. My boy is right. Uh, and it's just like it's an extension. It's like it's like Kyle Lowry's, um, like he he's a made man, so he he gets the job done for uh, for ba- who else has had a challenge a challenge called for one of their plays? I, I know who hasn't. It's Chris Boucher. I feel like Chris a fouls a lot, and then B yeah. tells Nick Nurse, and you can see on the camera he does the little <laughs> finger motion of like, "Yo, review this for me." And Nick says, "No, a hundred and five percent of the time." This guy yeah. is he's just true. like, "Nah, I know you fouled, bro." <laughs> Yeah. Um. Oh man, who's this? Okay, so Kyle, Fred, and then third, it might be Pascal, just because. Um, 
actually, you know, it might be for, OG. For, it might be for OG. Remember when OG blocked Giannis in that second Bucks win and they called it for Giannis? And I believe Nick used the coach's challenge for OG. Turns out he did block Giannis. So OG might be third, honestly, just his most important defender. Um, you're probably going to need him to stay out of foul trouble. And generally speaking, OG doesn't really pick up fouls like that. Uh, but, you know, you might be looking at like, all right, we're playing this team with has, has an all-star wing. We need to keep OG's fouls low. I feel like OG might be third on that list. But it, it is weird that Pascal doesn't get that same um, respect, I guess, considering he's a max guy. But, I mean, it is what it is, man. But it's really just Kyle's challenge. But I, I did like that question. Next question comes from Cheryl, who asks, if we tried to trade Baines, who would even want him? Um, also, wasn't TD better last year? What happened to him besides the obvious? Um, I don't know. This guy just plays really nervous um, and makes a lot of mistakes. Here's a Baines. Who would even want him? I mean, do we, we know the answer, right? The the, um, the Sydney Knights? Sydney, <laughs> what are they? I have no idea, bro. <laughs> who was, uh, who, where did LaMelo <laughs> Ball play? That team, the Hawks. I can't, I, I don't know. I have no idea how to pronounce the name of the city. I don't know. Lawara? Boston Celtics. <laughs> Lawara, yeah, the Lawara Hawks. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, there's probably, I don't think Aaron Baines has any stops after Toronto. Mm. Do you? I feel like he ends up one more time, one more time for me, league minimum on, on as a third string center. But yeah, it's it's almost time for him. You don't think he gets more money in, in Australia? Uh, he's got plenty of money, I think. He he got that big deal from Detroit like two years ago, right? How, how much? Okay, how much do you think Aaron Baines has made? Oh God, I I'm so bad at this game. Um, how how old is he? Like thirty something? What three or something? He, he's thirty four years old. He's played in the NBA since 2012. So this is his ninth season. So like mid seventies. He's made thirty one million dollars. This is not really. A, not including this current year, which he's getting paid seven, so he's he's at thirty eight million. So he only got one one bigger contract. Yeah, which I mean, you know, I mean, thirty one million dollars is like an unbelievable amount of money, but like one bigger. I thought he had two NBA contracts. He he got the Pistons contract that was like two years fifteen, no, two years thirteen. Then he signed with the Celtics for one year at the biannual. Then he signed with. Uh, yeah, two years with the with the Celtics at the biannual. Then he signed Phoenix last year, I think biannual as well. And then this year, you got the full mid level, huh. close to the full mid level. But anyway, that's it's kind still, of surprising to me. Yeah, but that's that's still pretty good. If if you played this <laughs> this long in the NBA and you got thirty eight million dollars for it, that's it's not bad. Honestly, the, the NBA players union people complain all the time. I mean. You can't really complain, man. Look at the number of contracts. Yeah, like every every year there'll be some big NFL contract and they say, okay, he ranks between Nick Batum and uh, Harrison Barnes. I'm like, man. Oh, man. My favorite thing is hockey <laughs> Twitter being angry. They're like, I can't believe Sidney Crosby <laughs> gets paid less than Nick Nurse to just coach a team. And I'm like, bro, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. And they're getting... <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, right, what's, what's, next what's, question? what's up with NFL contracts being like half guaranteed? That was like, uh, I mean, it's worth, it's worth five hundred million dollars, but it's actually guaranteed for twenty five. Like, like, what is I mean, up? With yeah, that? it's it's just a way to it's just a way to keep the money in the billionaire's pocket. 
That's disgusting, man. Well, they got the player owners. I mean, the, like, listen, the last, the, the only thing you should have to do as a, as a player's union is guarantee that the money that is on your contract actually comes to you. Like, I mean, it's, great, it's a great point you're making. I mean, it's like one of the first things you had to do is, okay, we're going to work for this much. Okay, I'm actually going to get that money, right? Yes. Okay, cool. A couple years ago, Julio Jones signed a $100 million, like, three-year contract, fully, like, guaranteed $97 million on signing. Like, all right, here's, here's $100 million. Just show up for the next, you know, couple years. Okay, see, I like that. I like <laughs> that. But it's also, you know, how motivated is a guy to do to keep playing? <laughs> He's like, yo, you've already paid me, man. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm probably like, getting the numbers wrong, but he got his his signing bonus was a lot of the contract. Yeah, let's let's say you pay a contractor to come and fix the plumbing in your house, and you paid him two thousand dollars right off the bat. That's just not getting done, <laughs> or you're paying more than two k. <laughs> yeah, facts. So, um, the next question from the Matthew T. Uh, should the Raptors trade for Thaddeus Young? I think Thaddeus Young could be an effective small ball five. I feel like Thaddeus Young is Thaddeus Young, right? This, <laughs> bro. I feel like it's like he's it's in that territory of uh, Ursan Eliasova as like a guy the Raptors should have always had, because I feel like this is not the first time someone has wanted Thaddeus on the Raptors, and it's probably not the first time I wanted that on the Raptors. But Thad Young makes thirteen point five this year. He makes fourteen point two next year. Next year is partially guaranteed for only six million. So, I mean, bro, this, that's like an NFL contract right there. Um, but in any case, he has been an effective player for many years. Um, he's obviously older now. He's 32 years old, uh, but he's still a nice piece for the Chicago Bulls. He's shooting 61% from the field, still not shooting the three well, the lefty, but uh, does a little playmaking, does a little defending, a kind of a piece that pretty much, you know, every team would would want a guy like Thaddeus Young. Uh, do you want to trade for Thaddeus Young? Um, again, like the Bulls won't want nothing. Yes. And the Raptors can get better for their real trade chips and can't get Thaddeus Young with the stuff they're willing to give away for free. Right? Yeah. I mean, listen, the Bulls are tied with the Raptors in terms of they're both two games under 500 at the moment. So, and I think the Bulls want to make the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Like they're not just trying to like. Well, they had all of that guys. like they they had all of that like front office drama last year, two years ago. Like they're probably trying to put their right, you know, right foot forward. Yeah, I mean it's a new it's a new regime. It's a uh, you know in terms of their front office. I mean they interviewed Bobby for it, um, and of course Bobby yeah. stayed, and now he's signed with the Raptors. But uh, they got they got their guy there in the front office. They got the new head coach. Um, you know, I think they probably want to try to compete. So I don't think they actually want to move Thad Young. Of course, it doesn't mean Thad Young is untouchable, but, you know. They're not dumping him. They no. are dumping what's-his-face. He's shooting 40% for the three. Um, I don't remember his name. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you guys do it. I remember all these basketball players' names. Otto Porter Jr. Oh, yeah, I saw he's going to get bought out. Yeah, yeah. Which is... I mean, that'd be interesting. Sure, yeah. Remember the year Otto Porter? I mean, yo, against the Wizards. I mean, we don't. I know we don't talk about 2015 against the Wizards, but the the way Otto Porter was shutting down Demar Derozan, man, that thing hurt my soul, man. Yeah, that was a terrible time because 
the Raptors didn't win any games after Madonna kissed Drake at Coachella. And it was just like a bad week for, you no, know, Toronto the, Twitter. The vibes were fun. The vibes were rough. That team was not called Vibes Cartel. That, that, that was not it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it probably cost too much to get that, to be honest. Like, I think, obviously, you would be trying to give them Baines and I don't even know, like a Macaw. But you probably have to throw in the protected first. And at this point, am I going to give them a protected first for Thad Young? No. You know, I think I'd be trying to target one of their their other two bigs, their younger bigs, in, in terms of Wendell Carter and Laurie Markin. And Laurie Markin has had a nice year, 19 points, shooting 50% yeah. from the field, 40% from three. It's too bad. I was kind of hoping he would be a, a, a buy-low asset right, right around now. Well, he kind of had like an off year last year. And then they, yeah. just, they didn't sign him to the rookie extension. So he's going to hit restricted free agency. You know, I mean, I guess the Raptors could still go after them if they wanted Laurie, but uh, the Bulls also have plenty of money, and yeah. they'll probably just keep him. So, yeah, it's tough. But, I mean, I mean listen, Wendell Carter, maybe. I don't know. He's better than most of the Raptors' bigs right now. Um, next question. Uh, someone asked about Rondé. Um, he should be on somebody's team. He should be on somebody's team, yeah. But, I mean, you look <laughs> at the NBA now, bro. Every single guy can shoot. Like, we just watched an All-Star game where multiple players were hitting shots from from half court. And, of course, those guys are future Hall of Famers. But still, the level of shooting in the NBA is so high now that it's just almost unacceptable to not be able to shoot. Like, you have to be, like, a high-flying center to to not have that. And Baines shoots better from three than than, 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 uh, Rondé. I'm I'm telling you, like, Rondé, like, in practice and stuff like that, was missing the same way you see it in games. So. Yeah. Tough. It's tough. Uh, next question from Chris Boucher for MIP slash six man of the year. Hi guys. So what are your favorites to come out of the East and West? Uh, for me, it's Philly and the Lakers. And then second, he has the same question. Let's ask that in a second, but uh, who's your favorite to come out of the East and West right now at the halfway mark? Um, to the Sixers. I'm like, I, I Sixers, okay. my prediction preseason. I'm really happy that Joel Embiid is leading MVP voting. Or MVP ladder watching. Um, I think they have the potential to have like a really devastating defense. Mm. It's it's cool. Like I like that Doc Rivers is climbing the mountain again. Maury, I guess, is also. I feel like he's got the least halo effect from this team's success. Like people are slightly less critical than Ben Simmons previously. Joel Embiid is going to win MVP probably, mm. um, and. Doc Rivers, sort of the questions asked about him in Los Angeles, I think are are falling by the wayside. But Darren Moore doesn't seem to be getting the big halo effect. But he hasn't really done that much with the group. I mean, I, he, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. He flipped out Horford, which was good. Um, he signed Dwight Howard, who's fine. And he traded for Seth Curry, which was actually... Uh, nice. wait, Dwight Howard's been pretty good. Like, Dwight Howard's been... Mm. Well, I think it has way more to do with Dwight Howard in the last two seasons. Like, since he came back from that, um, like, butt injury from a few years ago, a hamstring injury from a few years ago, he's, like, figured out how to be a part of the new NBA. He lost a ton of weight. Like, that was – those were all really, like, salute to Dwight for figuring out a way to extend his NBA career, win a title, and then definitely contend for one again. The reason I don't believe in the Nets is I... Too um, much vibes. And also just, like, I don't know. No defense. And, like, karmically, it doesn't seem balanced. Like, I think the mm. 
there's something just not quite right with the universe if they but, win the title. Like DeAndre, that sounds Jordan, like what Kyrie would say in the title, post-game interview. Those, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin winning a title before Chris Paul is just wrong. It should not happen. No, it's not. No, it's not. Some people are just <laughs> like <laughs> it's just not right. Yeah. So I have to, and I, I really do like Joel Embiid is my favorite player in the league the last few years. I really am hoping that he's able to to, to win one, mm. and uh, it'll be cool. It'll just be it'll be it'll, and like the Steve Nash stuff. Still, I don't really like it. I still don't know what he's doing, like what he does for that organization. So, anyway, Sixers, and then in the West, uh, the Lakers. They have it. Yeah, yeah. it's. I'm still going with Lakers in the West. I know, I know, I know. Utah's had some nice. Utah looks okay. You know, they look. I mean, not more than okay. They look really good. Uh, yeah. The Clippers have really shot the lights out. They've changed their offense. Yeah. Obviously, with Serge there, he's shooting a ton of threes. He's done really well there. Good for him. Yep. Um, Paul George is having a better season, but I still don't fundamentally believe in that team. And also, Kawhi has low key been like not good in clutch time. Which, of course, like we know Kawhi, like he's Kawhi still, but. I, the, I, yeah. I don't like the shots they get in crunch time ever. It's the Bucks always game, a pull-up jumper. That Bucks game was, like, really, really bad. Like, the last two minutes, what, they went 0 for 6, attempted one pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might have been a turnover, too. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they, they need they need more pieces. I think that team is kind of unbalanced. I still have the Lakers out west, especially with everyone healthy. Uh, but, and, yeah. I don't know, man. In the east, I'm, I'm taking Brooklyn. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I mean, if, if the Sixers pull off the Kyle Lowry trade, then okay, then fine. I, I think the Sixers would be the favorite with Kyle. Sure. But without Kyle, I think the, the 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 Nets are still number one. Also, by the way, if the Sixers were to trade for Kyle, that would mean Kyle Lowry would, would be guarding Kyrie Irving on the ball. Because let's be real, you need you're gonna put Ben Simmons on James Harden. Yeah. And of course, ideally, you put Kyle Lowry on Joe Harris, which he can do quite well. Uh, I thought he did well with that matchup last year. But who is guarding the point guard? They don't have a point guard. When they trade for Kyle, Kyle has to guard the point guard. So Kyle's guarding Kyrie. That might look terrible. I'm just saying, I've, I've seen that like in 2016, Kyle couldn't really guard Kyrie. And it's not a shame that Kyle can't guard well, Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie is ridiculous, but yeah. that could look real bad for my guy, you know? Yeah. Or maybe you put Simmons on KD instead, but then, like, who's guarding James Harden? Like, is it Kyle guarding James Harden? Because that would also look bad. Or Tobias the, uh, Harris guarding him? Like, are you starting Matisse I, I, I don't understand the Sixers. I really don't. I really do want to watch that series. I think it'll be really interesting. And I do think – I think if the Sixers win, it'll give Doc Rivers the opportunity to pants um, Steve Nash, and that would be cool. Okay. I'm, I'm with cool. it. I'm with it, yeah. Doc Rivers perennially, I think, um, the victim of the underestimate, underestimation of black coaches in the NBA have the opportunity to take down the prince of not having accomplished much as a coach before getting to not having coach before, one. bro. Yeah, you didn't like, coach before. <laughs> it'd be, be kind of cool to watch happen. Like it would be, it would be kind of satisfying. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, even though I do love Steve, I do love Steve. That was my first year basketball player, but. Uh, I don't know, man. He's, I mean, if he stays in Brooklyn, he's going to have a lot more um, swings that swings at it. But yeah, um, 
Yes. Uh, second half to this question. Uh, off topic question for Will. How did I become a Liverpool supporter? How much do I hate Jordan Pickford for effectively killing your title defending season? Definitely hate Jordan Pickford for that. Uh, just a reckless challenge. Surprised you didn't get a red. I can't believe you didn't get a red card. I don't care if it was deemed offside because, like, someone's hair was offside. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, how do I become a Liverpool fan? Is basically I picked all my sports teams in two thousand like four, and Liverpool was you know doing pretty good at that time. You know, some, some people might remember what they did in Champions League around that time. So is that why you're a big Red Sox fan? Uh, no, I mean, of course you pick the teams in Toronto, of course, but of course, with some yeah. other of these things, like, you know, they obviously didn't have teams. I like, I was a big Colts yeah. fan as well. Not even a big Colts fan. If I had an NFL team, it would have been the Colts at that time. The Peyton Manning, I think in 04, did one of the coolest things I ever saw on a football field. Okay. Tony Dungy wanted to send out the punt unit and he waved them off or send, uh, send on the, the, I think it was the punt unit and he waved them off, called the play. Got the first down. I was like, that's pretty fucking tight. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I'm just looking at Payne Manning 2004, and they said he threw for 4,557 yards with 49 touchdowns. Sounds like Payne Manning. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. No, I just remember that, that like, pretty much every team that was hot around that time, that's kind of what I picked. That was kind of like my coming to age as a sports fan. And, mm. yeah, I mean, of course, I picked all the Toronto teams. Um, what I could, but uh, other than that, it was like who was hot on the score. Like, remember the score used to have just like highlight packs and stuff like that. They make core yeah. packs and like plays of the week and stuff. And like, man, Steven Gerrard was like st- scoring like just ridiculous like goals from outside the box. And that's like the coolest thing you could do in soccer is just like score like an absolute yeah. screamer from like 30 feet out. He was doing that. Obviously, he was in his prime then too. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Peyton Manning was, was, was great in football. So that's, that's how I picked my teams. Um, next question, uh, a bit controversial, but I'll ask anyway. Peter Gilbert asks, question for the pod. Why is it that we don't hear much about penalties for NBA players with violations for, for performance enhancing drugs compared to the MLB? Is the NBA less stringent in tests or is it truly an issue? Um, the reason I'm asking is I see older players doing well. He, oh, uh, I don't know. Kirk Hannibal Burris, LeBron James, has been doing HGH for years. I mean, here's the thing. Even if you don't. did, <laughs> have, have you lost because of it? No, I haven't. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's been great. Uh, it, I'm not saying um, it has I'm just saying it's clearly hasn't hurt the product. Yeah, I don't know. Like, let, I don't. I have no idea why. Like, I don't administer the tests. I think in ML in Major League Baseball, for example, there was a culture of its use that was exposed that I don't know. For years and years and years, the same accusations or claims have not been made about the NBA. You do know, like you do hear about NBA players smoking weed, but like apples and oranges. Um, so I would say that, like maybe it just doesn't exist. Like I don't know. I think after 40 years, you'd, somebody would say something sometime. Uh, yeah. That's kind of, that's what I always thought. But maybe David Stern uh, just never cared. Stern definitely cared. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I just think like for the actual product itself, um, I don't think, it, I think PEDs hurt the MLB product because yeah. all the records are getting destroyed. 
Uh, yep. You saw just like, and it, you started seeing like physical abnormalities occur. Yeah. And Beer Bonds' head. Yeah, it was like the size of mine. Like <laughs> that's a real that's a real issue, man. Uh, but you know, in, in basketball, I don't think we've seen players change in terms of size. If anything, it's gone smaller for, for players. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. Of course, that's more the reflection of how the game is played, but the game's gone smaller. And yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't think that uh I mean, maybe it doesn't have the same effect. I mean, I think with baseball, like so much of it is based on strength and, yes. you know, I'm, I'm sure there's different kinds of performance enhancing. There's like, I guess, endurance and things like that as well. But I, I don't know. I just don't think it benefits NBA players the same way, just based on the sport itself. I mean, they do test, like, I think their testing is the exact same. Um, and they do occasionally find players who test positive, um, but they're always like super yeah. fringe players. Like they'll be like, oh, yeah. Joe Kim Noah tested positive. And it's like, huh? I haven't thought about Joe in a while. Like, oh, Hito Turkoglu tested positive. It's like, okay. But I don't know, man. Well, I remember a couple of years ago, somebody got dinged, and it was something that was commercially available, like GNC, that had a oh, yeah, chemical yeah. that was on the band list. So that stuff happens all the time, too. Like, it's, I don't know, it's a part of professional sports that I don't feel that interested in because, I don't know, people are making decisions with their own bodies and their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Two more questions before we get to uh, uh, Malachi's missions. ASP yes. asks, what would each Raptor score be in a three-point contest? Uh, same setup as the uh, All-Star Weekend. I think we've been comfortable predicting Matt Thomas wins, but who comes two to five and so on. Honestly, at this point, I'm not. No, I'm kidding. I, I do think Matt Thomas would win the three-point yeah. contest. Um, I don't know what their scores would be, obviously. I think it's harder to to tell now because they put so many money balls plus the, the two deep three point um uh i don't know what the mountain dew balls yeah which by the way means something totally different before this all-star contest mountain dew balls but uh <laughs> i this guy <laughs> what am i wrong like you're not wrong are they but... sponsoring this podcast <laughs> uh, in any case yeah who, who, um, who would you think i don't know would... kyle lowry definitely scores a nine kyle lowry gets a nine <laughs> Even with the money ball rack, come on, man. We got to give Kyle, like, it, there's inflation happening. So we give Kyle, like, a 12. Kyle has he not done well in the three-point contest. That we know for sure. He turned the six upside down. That was terrible, bro. I, I, every single time I watch was... players shoot, I have to – I'm reminded at the time, Kyle Harry, in 2017, had a broken hand and decided yeah. to shoot in the contest anyway and scored a nine, bro. Nine. You understand? There's like 25 uh, I, basketballs, and some of them are worth could, two. You, you could get a nine. No, the I timing would be I tough, difficult. The timing I could not get a nine. No, no, no. But the, we, you know, and you know what though? If I had many chances, could I get a high score of nine? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but how I could, many uh, on one attempt? No, I wouldn't get nine. Yeah, one attempt and timed is hard. Yes. But could I, are you, if you're asking if I could make nine threes, if you get nine it. of 25 with like five and eight, like around the but world. But here's the thing. That's for sure. Some of the balls are worth two. So if you hit nine, <laughs> it does not necessarily mean you made nine shots. So you can get, yeah, you can hit four baskets and get nine points. That's not true. That is, you can't do that. You can get five baskets and get nine points. I might, uh, honestly, yeah. In um, any case, yeah. Fred so, and Norm also do well. Fred and Norm, I would, I would think are two and three. Who do you think wins, Boucher or Kyle? Nah, Chris <laughs> Boucher's. 
<laughs> no, no. I, I, as much as Chris is shooting forty five percent, I still think Kyle's got him in the three point contest. Hey, I, I would hope so. Is Boucher four? No, he he's yeah. So Matt Thomas is one. Yeah, and Matt Thomas is one. By the way, we saw like there's literally a video of him shooting in Euroleague, and he hit like twenty five of like thirty. Like yeah. he is one. Um, Fred and Norm would be competitive. Those yeah. two guys are obviously very, very good at it. Norm elevates a lot in his jumper, so I feel like that's going to hurt him in a three-point contest. Because it feels like the key is to keep your legs lower. You're not jumping as much. And I feel like Norm really needs his legs in his shot. Whereas, like, Fred is kind of a guy who doesn't really jump much on his sh- jumper. Yeah. So Fred might do a little bit better, technically. But uh, those are the top three. Then Kyle, then Chris Boucher. So Kyle with nine, and Boucher with the, at most eight. <laughs> Uh, I can't even say uh, on this topic anymore. I love uh, Kyle. I'm gonna miss him so much if he leaves. Seriously, man, the goat, the goat, goat. Right. And then, lastly, before we get to our, our, our signature segment, Josh wants to know who wins each event in a Raptors Twitter media All Star Weekend competition. <laughs> oh, I love this question so much. Not a lot of vertical. Um, so first off, nobody's winning the dunk contest. I don't know a single Raptors media. Well, I'm not friends with a single pr- Raptors media personality who can dunk. Like nobody on Raptors Twitter that you know of can dunk. I can't think of anybody that can dunk. I don't even think anyone can come close to dunking. I feel like 19-year-old Assad might have, but probably Maybe. been a while. Maybe. But he's... Yeah, he's also like the yeah, I don't know, man. He just doesn't have the hops for that. I, I doubt it. No, yeah, he doesn't get. I've never get seen up. him dunk. He can definitely play though. He would win the, maybe the three. He could probably win the three point contest. But this is yeah. not like a Zach Levine situation. He can win both. So the dunk contest is out entirely. So we're really just talking about three point contest and the skills challenge. Skills comp, yeah. Skills comp. I still don't even know, man. The, I'm trying to think the, the, the last skills conference is too easy, even for like a regular person. Like, the, uh, like a yeah, regular mo- person like, could do the yeah. skills comp. Most people's skills competition performance is too close. Like, there's no, I can't really think of how anyone would distinguish themselves and be like an outlier at performing. It's whether you can hit the open three at the end. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with a software for three point contest and that. And honest. skills. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not even really—he's not even really media, but whatever. He's—he's he's on the Snyder Pod, so he's—he's he's still media for me. <laughs> Can Robo play? Yeah, Robo, but I, I, yeah. I mean, but like, so maybe uh, we're really stretching at this point. I'm not no offense to yeah. Robo, but it's just like I, I thought this was like Josh Lewenberg versus Eric Kareem. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. You think God Doug, bless everybody. Doug Smith got game. You think? Uh, <laughs> no, I no, I, I don't. Doug Smith versus Dwight Howard in the uh, skills comp. Who you got? <laughs> um, what depends on the skill, but probably Dwight Howard. Yeah, I agree. No, I, it's just it's not a it's a rather untalented <laughs> group. I have to say, and I've seen some of these people actually play. Michael Grange is probably. Grange is probably the best basketball player he played before. He's also pretty yeah. tall. 
give him a real chance. Um, I've seen Bruce Arthur play pretty well, but he's moved off the Raptor beat to more like a general world issues beat. That's a, it was was a very strange transition. Cause I remember reading Bruce and then like, he started talking about different stuff. Like Bruce, you have opinions not related to sports. Like it's good for you for like, right. Flexing that way. Like, Look like, at you being look at the a growth. person. <laughs> well, like, or having the opportunity to, like, share your different ideas. Like, that's, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. I imagine. Anywho. Yeah, it's it's not talented. Blake, you know, all these other guys. No good. No good. It's probably like Paul Jones. No, it's Iman. Iman, Iman can dunk. I, Iman is like five. <laughs> Four. Yeah, but you know, five four. Yeah, like a Spud Web five four though. Yeah, yeah, like a Nate Robinson Amon... five four. <laughs> like, yeah, Amon Amon okay. Amon could beat Jake Paul in the boxing match. That's for sure. Or whichever of the Pauls that fought Nate Robinson, Amon would win. Yikes! I think every member of the Dishes and Dimes podcast could can can fight. Can, definitely can fight. <laughs> they can all can fight. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is tough, but I mean, I haven't played basketball with all of them. It's definitely not me. I'll say that much. It is. Yeah, we'll, Will will foul out of the All Star games. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say if the skills challenge is fouling people, absolutely, I will. I will win that. <laughs> will will be the first person to foul out of the three point contest. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to be fouling more three point shooters than Chris Boucher, bro. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm going to turn the six upside down. It'll be a minus six. That's my, <laughs> that's my score in the three-point contest. So, um, all right. Well, that does it for the questions. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we've moved on to our signature segment, uh, you know, Malachi's missions. Malachi is uh, still with the Raptors, still not really doing too much outside of sitting on the bench. But, um, yeah, what's your suggestion for him? Um, so, inspired by... Uh, some of the events over the last weekend, uh, principally Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons missing out on the All-Star game uh, due to contact tracing, as well as um, uh, Zion Williamson's uh, neck and chin area. I wanted to oh, give Malachi man. Flynn some suggestions on men's grooming, especially for being a black man, a black man finding resources to take care of our specific hair needs is challenging. And I remember when I was 18 and moved to Ottawa, Ottawa is not a town filled with as many black people as Toronto is. So finding the things that I needed to keep myself looking sharp and not having um, whatever the hell Zion Williamson was going on, I thought I would encourage Malachi to pick up two things that are both fairly affordable. A wall peanut. It's a uh, clipper that you can get at most um, hair care supply stores, as well as on Amazon, for example, as well as 10 Skin Solution. It's an aftershave that um, you should have in your DOP kit. You know, I know lots of lots of NBA players have these, uh, you know, very expensive handbags that they carry their grooming supplies in. So I would encourage you, Malachi, to pick both of those up to take care of yourself so you don't need to risk um, infection or risk looking like Zion Williamson did yesterday evening. Um, I, I saw the tweets um, that Zion Williamson's experience at Duke didn't set him up well, and I'd like uh, you, Malachi, to avoid those same pitfalls. So that's my suggestion this week. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, if you search Zion Williamson neck on Twitter, you'll get some pretty hilarious commentary. 
Uh, it's a real thing. It, it is a real thing. I like, feel bad for him. Yeah, like it, when it, I learned tough. to shave, I like didn't ask enough people. Like I didn't ask my father and brother. So you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, you just want to do things yourself, and like asking yeah, your dad what to do in shaving feels embarrassing. And like finding like ten skin and using clippers to shave were both like they kept me looking, you know. <laughs> presentable when i was in my late teens so zion that's my uh if you're if you're somehow listening to this as well i'm do you think you have to have like a 10 skin um like a sponsorship deal in a few couple of weeks he's got it and i feel or so Bevel. bad for him bro i i just i just looked it up on twitter and someone said zion williams's neck looks like the back of a crunch bar yeah it's like but it's, <sighs> it's it really is a thing that like most black guys i know experience so Having resources, it's, it's Gillette's not going to get you. It's not. It just isn't. Well, I mean, All right. you know, this is this is very real advice that you're giving him, and Malachi, yeah. I hope you're taking him, man. Um, he looks pretty sharp, though, to me. I feel like he's he's yeah, got, he the, he's got the grooming good. situation um, down pretty well. Uh, for me, my recommendation is: listen, you need to burn a lot of time during the pandemic all right the weather is starting to turn we're starting to get like some double digit temperature days in toronto coming up this week although we'll see what happens if it actually comes but um you just need to burn a lot of time especially if you're by yourself in the pandemic watch the extended lord of the rings movies all three of them it'll burn like in in three entire nights for you the entire night will be gone when you watch four and a half hours of these guys um running across uh the plains of new zealand and whatnot um I don't know. I've just been really on a Lord of the Rings kick of late. I'm not sure why, but like it's like one of those things where YouTube recommendations like just pulls you in. They're like, hey, here's a video of like, you know, did you want to know what Aragorn was doing before Lord of the Rings? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Let me see this video. <laughs> and all of a sudden you watch like 16 of these videos and you started watching the, the three movies again. And that's kind of what I've, I've done recently. And um gotta say it still holds up. Still really recommend it. And um yeah. Lord of the Rings. I know, real Sick. timely, man. Real, real timely. Movies from two thousand and three. Um, speaking of movies, have you have you watched a boogie yet? Are you no. going to? Yes, I will. But no. Yeah, we I'm should. Not. Me and my partner. We should. Timing has not synced up to the point where we can uh, sit down and watch a movie of late. But you know, let's plan to watch it before the next time this records, and we'll break down boogie. I'm excited to watch it. RP pops mode. I think Alex. I think when that movie came out, Alex said, "This is really, really a movie about you, Will." And uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I had, I had, not, I had the pushback. Not... I had the pushback, <laughs> <laughs> but not as strongly as I really could have. That's a, if you'd gone to, um, I get. But were you, you were going? Are they going to go to Richview or MCA? Richview, no, I was not going to Richview. No, no, no. I was not going to go to Richview. No way. But if you went to Naki, that would have been you. If you went to North Albion, that would have been you. If I went to Scarlet Heights, which is, (laughs) if my parents never moved, if I went to Scarlet Heights, that would have been you. Institution of technology, aka (laughs) shit. Uh, No, I mean, they've they've changed it to Entrepreneurial Academy. Entrepreneurial Academy, yeah. But yeah, if I went to Scarlet Heights, absolutely. That was, Boogie is the story about me in in middle school. How's that? It's not. Though. It's not. But... Oh God! Just... You at Hilltop? Oh my goodness! Yo, one of the issues with a lack of representation is when there's a lack of it. You can't pick who represents you. 
And I just, I would never pick Eddie Wong to represent. <laughs> but there aren't that many choices. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. I just got to refute these things, man. He's, yeah. Yeah. I it, it is fun to have a sports movie. Like, I feel like, yeah. what was the last sports movie that, oh, uh, the Ben Affleck basketball one? The that was Ben Affleck good. basketball one. Yeah, it came out like right before the pandemic kicked off. The it's like the something. Uh, or that's specific. <laughs> the way back. Is this the way I'm, back. What the hell is yeah. that? I've never heard so of this ben thing in my life. Ben Affleck is a former high school player who's sort of down on hard times. He'd experienced like a tragedy recently and still grieving when he's asked to start coaching. The, the high school team that he used to go to and he's like reckoning with the stuff that had happened to him in the past and his, why his basketball career never worked out it's pretty good i i liked it it made me cry i was i think it's on like a streamer now so you don't even have to like rent it specifically but what's your what are your favorite basketball movies ever Hitch. So Hitch has a, <laughs> a scene where they sit courtside and watch the New York Knicks. Um, no, I'm kidding. Although I do love that movie. Um, what's my favorite? Coach Carter. Coach Carter. I think Coach yeah, Carter is a real solid a- movie. Which, by the way, I, can we make sports movies without trauma? Like, I feels like it's always like it's a movie about sports, but someone got traumatized along the way. You know, like you know. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just, always like it's always someone and dies, like, and I'm like, bro, like, there's so on, many man. movies where there's like a black boy dribbling down the street, and then he gets murdered in a drive-by, and that's the op- like that's what's happening during the opening credits of a movie. Like, it's so on, brutal. Bro. Like, it, it, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, can we have the the new challenges? Can we make a sports movie that doesn't have excess amounts of trauma, please? But I feel like the only sports movies that aren't traumatic are the ones that have like athletes in them like the only nice basketball stories are like thunderstruck and the uncle drew movie oh god thunderstruck uncle is drew kevin durant's movie yeah, thunderstruck really is bad. also bad i see i can't believe i've seen both then honestly honest i had way too much time during university way too much time <laughs> uh, be, what if like basketball players started making like gritty cinematic like art art movies th- that's what like, i would like to see <laughs> but instead you know Minari with uh with, with Utah Watanabe. I would I would love to see. That. <laughs> um, yeah, just like an A twenty four produced movie with starring a, a an NBA player. I mean, technically, we already had that. That's uncut gems. But and, like, and it worked, cur- and it worked. But, uh, so yeah, no, it is true. Uh, like Mike, I gotta give a shout out to like Mike. Like Mike was good. Shout out like to Mike Bawa. Was really good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like it's one of those things that like you need to win an Oscar for, but like Mike was legitimately fun. White Men right. Can't Jump is like a, I, I think underrated. Yeah. Maybe it's highly rated, but I really liked it. It's definitely highly rated. I didn't know what you were saying with the underrated part, but no, it's underrated it's in the pantheon of uh, basketball movies. Yeah. We, we've hit the um, Bill Simmons portion of the podcast. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> let's, let's keep going. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is full Simmons. I didn't know there was a like uh, Mike too. What? There's a like Mike too. All right. That's probably not good. Really? With Bow Wow and oh, who? Who is who is that? Who's the, the other, other kid? kid in the yeah? Uh, also, is Teen Wolf a basketball movie? Yes, but I had yeah. I don't know. I I, I guess so. Yeah. Why not? 
I think I, mean, I agree. Too. Basketball movies is very like loose. It doesn't always have to be like Hoosiers or whatever, which I've also seen Hoosiers and it's the most tryhard movie I've ever seen, man. <laughs> Anytime you got a, uh, a scene where like the coach comes out with a tape measure and he's like, yo, yo, measure the length of the baseline, measure the, the height of the rim. And I'm like, get out of here, man. Measure the uh, three, the three corners of an isosceles triangle. Why? It's isosceles. Why? I was gonna say, like, why? Why do I want to see? Uh, why do I want to see Nick Nurse coaching the BBL? <laughs> How much do you think Nick used some of these techniques in in the BBL? Do you think he told someone in Oh man, in, in Birmingham to like uh, to measure the width of the rim? You can fit two basketballs in here still, <laughs> so you should make this next number. <laughs> I don't care if you had a part time job. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think of who, who would be my favorite act. Like, what could there be? Like a, like a Star Is Born esque movie, like set with two basketball players. There's, I don't know, a guy in a team, and then a, a new rookie overtake their spotlight. That'd be an. Inter- I I think that maybe it's already happened, but I can't think of a movie set in the NBA that that feels that same way. Yeah, that'd be a cool storyline. Maybe, maybe they fall in love. Who knows? Yeah. You know, listen, a lot can happen these days. Um, what else? How many? I mean, I don't know, man. He got game. He got game good. Love and basketball. Love, love and basketball. basketball. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a classic for sure. What was the one with uh, Queen Latifah and Common and Commons in the NBA? <laughs> Just Common? Right. Just right, except right is spelled like DeLong. <laughs> oh, um yeah shout out queen latifah didn't queen latifah got some basketball moves. i feel like she had some like actual skills maybe didn't she play in the all-star game the all celebrity game all-star i definitely saw celebrity. a clip on twitter where she like crossed up sean kemp in like 1995 that's awesome yeah she's wearing the same jumpsuit from set it off the navy blue coveralls that'd be sick they should reboot. They should remake Set It Off. What a classic flip. I was going to say, they should remake a lot of these basketball movies. I know remakes are kind of bad, but like, don't you want to see a modern version of Why Man Can't Jump? Yeah, who would be in it? Oh, um, what's his face? Denzel Washington's son. John David Washington. He's pro- he's very athletic. Okay, I watched yeah. Tenet, and he can like move like a like a real athlete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I, I need... Basketball movies that don't actually have NBA players acting in them, please. Or if they do, like a like a cameo role. But I don't want to see like, you know, the Space Jam model. I'm good on that, to be honest. You're not excited for the new Space Jam? I'll watch it because you know it's part of the zeitgeist, and you kind of need to know what's going on. But I don't think you need to talk about plot points. Like, okay, for example, like, did you watch um, uh, Trainwreck? Is that the one with LeBron? And I did watch and, it. And I did Schumer watch it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Bill Hader. Bill Hader, Bill Hader, yeah, yeah, like, it was it was okay, it was okay, you know what I mean. But like, if if LeBron was like the main character the whole time, be quite bored. Would you watch like a man? People who are stuck around to this point of the podcast really must like the sound of our voices. Um, the would you watch like a Blake Griffin, a like lead comedy, like a Judd Apatow style comedy starring Blake Griffin? Uh no, and <laughs> and Blake is like the elite tier, and I've I've I watched like Blake Griffin, 
in a Red Bull video where he's pretending to be a, a, a cab driver and in Montreal. Like, I'll watch that for 10 minutes. Will I watch it for an hour and a half? No, there's no way. Here's the thing. You've seen the NBA Celebrity Game. Yeah. Would you go out of your way to see the NBA Celebrity Game? The answer no. is no. So why would I want to see <laughs> NBA players act in a movie? <laughs> Though, it's the I, same I do think of. I do think a very funny thing that could happen is if you got a bunch of NBA players to do like jackass style stunts, like just on an unsuspecting public, like imagine you're walking down the street and you see um, like uh, MPJ and Anthony Simons just fight each other, like boxing gloves. They ring a bell and they're boxing in the middle of Times Square for 15 minutes. Be like, I feel like Spike Jones make it happen. I'd love, I'd like to see it. Do you think anyone know that that was NBA <laughs> dunk champion Anthony Simons? Right. So what if they did? I don't know who's who's famous enough, but could do it. Maybe retired players. That's what the big three should become. It was just like uh, social experiment pranks. If big three had an element of fighting, like the way hockey just has random people fighting each other. Oh my goodness! It, it would add to it. Um, Derek Fisher and uh, Matt Barnes can finally, bro. Though they piece it up. Yeah, right there. There you go. That that that's your. If we had actual footage of what went down in LA, you know? Yeah. Air Bud is on this list. Celtic Pride. <laughs> Bro, this looks terrible. Let me just let me just describe the poster for the movie Celtic Pride. I'm not even kidding. There are two white dudes who are Celtics fans. And in the middle, there's a black player who's wearing, I think, a Utah Jazz jersey that is is has duct tape over his mouth and he is getting his hands tied together i'm not even kidding like that is the movie poster when you search celtic pride like josh i want to send it to you right now to just so for you to confirm that i'm not just slandering the celtics when did this come out this movie this movie is getting canceled wait that's that's damon wayne's (laughs) That, oh, oh I, did, I didn't even recognize that that was him, yeah. considering the fact that he's literally got duct tape on his mouth. But, so, uh, a, a Boston Celtics fans kidnap an NBA players so that their team wins? I'm pretty sure that is Bill Simmons on the left. <laughs> yeah, what the hell is this movie, bro? I can't. I can't get. Oh, my goodness. You know, there's some movies that are like in the dollar bin. And you just feel bad for that movie, and you're like, maybe I'll pick up one. I like, do feel bad for those movies, like Scorpion King Two. It's like, why did, yeah, why did they do this to you? You guys put a lot of hard work into it, like to, to see it for a dollar. Like that must be demoralizing. This is a movie where absolutely it needs to stay in the dollar bin, like for eternity. Yeah, just somewhere. Look up Celtic Pride. This is terrible. My goodness, <laughs> and look at the people involved in this. Yeah, it's uh, Dan, Wayne, Dan Aykroyd. Well, uh, Judd Apatow wrote this. Wow, right? That's that's not that's that's not it. This, this is not it. This movie is Whoa. not. It. It's on is, Disney Plus. Oh, this should should be man. It shouldn't be no, but Disney Plus they say they have this um like a uh, disclaimer like you might see some stuff that will disturb you. We you know we've <laughs> we've learned, but we're gonna show it to you anyways. Celtic pride. I mean, the the title alone is enough to to, to dissuade you. But when you see yeah, the you poster think that, of this movie, it it gets even worse. You'd think this would be about the Glaswegian uh, soccer team, right? 
but no. Hey, shout out, by the way, shout out Stephen. Uh, obviously, we talked about CBJ earlier, Stephen Gerrard uh, managing uh, Rangers to uh, a league title, I believe, first time in 10 years above Celtics. So, yeah. Do you do follow the Scottish League? Hell no, man. Are you kidding me? No, okay. I couldn't, even, I couldn't I mean, name three I... players there. But <laughs> can you name three clubs? <sighs> Celtic Rangers and yep. I don't know Aberdeen or something. Aberdeen, is, yeah, I mean, that's I there you that's go, pretty obvious. But there yeah. you go, there you go. I, I backdoored my way into that one. Shout out Hibs, they're the team in Leaf. If you've ever seen like train spotting, I think in T2 they reference Hibs. Or anywho, well, all right, this podcast is long enough. Josh, thanks for coming <laughs> on as always, man. I miss you, buddy. This is probably why I miss we you talked too. for two hours. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's hang on in person. Lockdown's ending. Yeah, absolutely. Or ended today. So let's yeah, meet up go. inside of the store. <laughs> I, you know, we won't be doing that, but uh, you know, maybe we, uh, you know, walk in the park or something. Yeah, going for walks has been mad underrated. I feel like I've aged twenty years just in my willingness to just go for a walk. In the middle let's of the day, I'm like, oh, let's go for a walk, like. The way I go for a walk nowadays is is unbelievable. It's like anytime I used to say, like, let's go hang out, let's go to a restaurant, let's go to a bar, you yeah. know, whatever, let, you know, let's go see a show. It's just all of it is replaced by let's go for a walk. I used to look at going for walks, like dribbling out the, dribbling the ball out on the like shot clock of your life. And now, now I still do, but I, yeah. you know, the score, the score, the game's already been decided. Yeah, I'm running the, Kev, I'm running the Kevin O'Neill offense, bro. Like, I'm just like, just going for a walk yeah i mean so yeah josh looking forward to seeing you man and uh thanks everyone for listening i appreciate it and uh we'll be back next week sweet when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply